We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I knew no one was going to remember that Zuma had uh, been loaned out to Stoke. Um, I mean, even if we did, I'm not sure anybody's jumping high on Kurt Zuma. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, coming to you live under the sea in a fishbowl in the middle of Midtown Manhattan. And with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. And Andrew, it's a special podcast because it's not just the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It's the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast brought to you by Starting Eleven, available now on the iOS and Android app stores. Get excited, Andrew. Yeah, I'm very excited. We're uh, we're thankful for Starting Eleven for. Um sponsoring this podcast a little bit we'll talk about them a little bit later but uh yeah we're excited new new partnerships are always fun indeed and speaking of new partnerships it's been uh it's been a new draft like basically draft season so new partnerships with players uh and with teams going on in the following week to come uh the premier league starts on friday andrew i can't believe it we're recording this on tuesday morning so this is uh we're getting really uh close to it now like yeah. we have to do this every week again yeah i got 
to the point where I both felt like the Premier League season ended years ago and also yesterday, but now now I'm like fully into this season. So it uh, the the soccer off season, at least the European one, is very very short, especially because we're in the states and they you know there are a few teams that play here with this wonderful international champions cup that they're obviously all trying to win i mean it's basically you know uh you try to win a quadruple now because you include the the icc so yeah. Yeah. it's nice it's like it's like another world cup <laughs> except for clubs exactly. it's like the club world it's actually you know what it's, it's like the club it's exactly world like the club world cup right right <laughs> but more uh, prestigious a, actually yeah it's like the community shield of club world cups oh i like that yeah. So speaking of which, uh, congratulations to Arsenal. They've uh, they kept their title hopes alive by winning the Community Shield. Oh yeah. Hey, just, just did they win it last year? No, United yes. won it last year. The, I think no, that's right. Three of the last four years, Arsenal have won it. Right. So um, I made this joke two years ago, and I will make it again now. Nobody has won more trophies in the last three days than Arsenal. <laughs> or actually, it's really since. Chelsea won the title, or I guess since the uh, Champions League final. So nobody I, has I, won I, more t- more trophy. Although I, I don't even know who won the uh, ICC. Is that like an actual trophy? Now that now that we I made that joke, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I know Chelsea did not. Yes, but Arsenal uh, but, now a hundred percent of the trophies available. Yeah, didn't they win the Emirates Cup too? Um, is that the one they played I in think, Singapore? Or uh, yeah, I yeah. think they did. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think they won that too. Maybe. They already have a double, Andrew. Congratulations. Oh. Sick of winning, Mike. I'm sick of winning. <laughs> Tired specialist of winning. In, specialist in failure. It's gone, Mike. It's gone. You can't win the Community Shield and be considered a failure. Uh, this coming from the man who poo-poos the Community Shield and then will likely poo-poo the winner of this Community Shield, and even though he includes it in his treble from last season, Jose Mourinho, oh. saying that Man United won the treble won last the treble. year. Won the treble, yeah. Yeah, well, it could have been even better had they won the ICC. Yes, all all true statements. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Jose Mourinho. We'll talk about Arsenal. Uh, actually, what we're going to do today really is, you know, since a lot of fantasy drafts are going to be coming up, uh, we'll do fantasy Premier League the official game as we get closer to lineup lock because there's still a couple of things that need to sort themselves out. So stay tuned later on in the week for that, likely coming on Thursday if I had to take a guess. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. But today we're going to cover just, you know, two different types of season long. And we're going to focus more on season long with myself and Andrew. Uh, please catch the DFS version of this podcast with Andrew and Jordan Cooper. So uh, all you DraftKings fan duel, Yahoo Fantasy Nuts, uh, tune into those two for more of the daily fantasy focus here. Uh, but for us here, we're going to focus on season long. And what we have for you is we have we're going to do a review of the we've done a Taga draft together and we've done an EFSA auction draft on fan tracks together so lots of ins lots of outs lots of what have you to quote the big lebowski here so uh let's just get right to it andrew uh, let's go to taga first here uh because first of all it was a brutally long draft considering that it was a snake draft because of all the difficulties that were encountered uh but you and i were on vacation in different places and having to do a draft while on vacation getting very frustrated <laughs> um yeah i did mine from the passenger seat of a car on my phone, which I said to you a few different times during the draft, how fairly seamless it was for me, though I was far from the only one. I was far from the the only one who had 
No, I messed that as well. Everyone else had problems. My phone was fine. I then later found out that when I thought my that the uh, draft was paused in the last round, it had actually finished like 10 minutes earlier. Uh, thankfully, I ended up with the guy I wanted in the last round because I used my cue. Um, I, it also made me go on this tirade a little bit yesterday about my, like, I don't understand why we need 90 seconds for every draft pick. And there were a few people who were like, well, you know, when you have like spotty service or, uh, you know, you get uh, the guy that you want late gets picked just before you and you have to scramble. And it's like, I, the poor, the, like one of the biggest things about drafting is being ready for what happens. And that's why they like created this queue because you can have like a number of guys there that you want. And so these people who are like sweating at 88 seconds to make a pick is just absurd to me. It just means you're so grossly underprepared even during the draft, like, preparation for the draft does not end when the draft starts it's through the end of the draft and i'm going to get off my soapbox now <laughs> i was about to say you sound like me <laughs> uh but yeah it's it was it was frustrating i i did mine on an island in a cabin with barely on a mobile broadband off my phone which was barely powerful enough to power this draft but i still managed to make all my picks on time yeah <laughs> so yeah it's anyway it's it's fine uh we we drafted our teams i got frustrated at the end and just started drafting random players but this is a very mike gottlieb team i have to say my identity is definitely here <laughs> uh so let's just get started uh i had the fourth pick i believe and you had the six, I was uh, second, second pick. yeah so uh the first things first uh, a lot of people passed on alexis sanchez uh we're not are we sure that's first things first as opposed to the shenanigans of trading the first pick can we oh, discuss that yeah. a little bit yeah, we should. <laughs> we should. So John Wallen, uh, the fearless leader of the Taga content portion of the site, uh, loves Christian Erickson, says he would draft him first overall in a draft. And then he draws the first pick in the draft for the uh, the Taga Premier League. And we're like, oh, we're going to see Christian Erickson get drafted first. Let's see. Let's see how much he really means that statement. And he meant it so much that he traded the first overall pick to move back to the eighth spot. Yeah, so the, the idea was... Like, oh, well, everybody, it's okay because they're trading, he's trading, like, all of his picks. And meaning not just the first first for eighth, but it's like, you know, then he's also trading the, the last pick in the second round, all yeah. this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And we're all like, I mean, I, I made a very unnecessary stink about this. and It was great. I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I... I was less doing this because I thought it was unfair. I mean, I, I definitely called him a cheater, which I regret now because I didn't really I mean he was a cheater. <laughs> However, um, he I have been on this don't draft Harry Kane first overall bandwagon. I may have started this bandwagon, whether I did or not. I've been fairly loud on it. And John has has also said this recently. I, I have always said that I think it should be Alexis Sanchez, but he he constantly says it's Christian Eriksen. And all of a sudden, here's his opportunity to show that what you know that he stands by what he says and he he trades it. And he basically did it, as he said, to take because he he's a Liverpool supporter and he wants to take a Liverpool guy first. He wanted a Liverpool guy. And I wouldn't say he would, like, ruin the draft, but he would look at it as ruining the draft if he took Roberto Firmino first overall. 
So he trades back to nine. Thankfully, Chuck Booth takes Firmino at eight so that John can't even get him. But I just, uh, it felt like you don't get a lot of opportunities to like really, you know, uh, put your flag on someone like that. And he, he passed on it. Yeah. And furthermore, a nice epilogue to the story. Christian Erickson was drafted first overall. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. So all, after all of that, Erickson goes first. And, uh, yeah. Which is interesting in and of itself. But I just, I just, it was a, it was a great way to start the draft. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, uh, at the time, and I kind of still feel this way. I feel like a, like a bonehead for doing this, but I was very nervous about, Alexis Sanchez. This deal was before Neymar's move, back when like the Neymar move to PSG was like ridiculous, and Alexis was like heavily linked to PSG. And my fear of not wanting to have a f- or of losing a first round pick, I went with Kevin De Bruyne second. I've I've become. I mean, p- people obviously love Kevin De Bruyne. I feel like I've become even higher on him for some reason lately. And so I took him fourth, and then you took Alexis. Fourth. I, I, I'm took, sorry, I took him you, second. You yeah, took, Alexis, I took fourth. Alexis fourth. And as yeah, soon as you like, took I, him, I, I was couldn't like, believe oh, it. yeah, I was, I was so <laughs> angry. Did Kane go third? I don't remember. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> we don't have, uh, we don't have full draft results, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it, for me, it, it didn't matter. Like, it's, it, it, I was, I was queuing up Lukaku. I, I was, was gonna say, right, up. Lukaku was available. Yeah, and I, I think I had Lukaku, Morata, and Alexis Sanchez to choose from at the four spot, and I was just like, "Uh, Sanchez, please!" <laughs> like, right. Uh, I mean, it, I, even though it's a gamble, it, it at the time it was considered a gamble. I was like, "I don't care if he goes to City, which is the which was the most strongly rumored team at the time that he was going to go to. Uh, I like him better at City." So well, right? Fine. Yeah, I, everyone was like, "Well, you know, how does his?" value if he goes to city and it's like just as high maybe higher astronomical right um <laughs> so. i'm actually not sure it's it's higher but it's certainly well, not. it's hard to be it, it's hard to be higher than first overall good point good point um <laughs> yeah so yeah kane went fourth went excuse me went fifth uh which no i'm sorry kane went third uh yeah. you took alexis fourth and lukaku yeah. went fifth and everybody was making a big deal about that but um I don't know. It's it. It made sense. Um, the I think you those five are I think are the expected first five. Um, yeah. So, I'd say so yeah, I think maybe you could make the Eden Hazard case, um, but uh, he's hurt, so he's obviously not going to miss that many games. But he, um, I believe, he went soon after that. So it's not like not like it was a, a free fall for yeah. him. In fact, yeah, he went yeah. right after Lukaku. So. And I mean, Hazard has also been subject to rumors too, so it's not like yeah, he, but he's that's, immune I mean, to it. But not they're not as strong. I understand, yeah. and he's also hurt. Right. The um, <laughs> what gets me is, and I understand why he's going so high, specifically in Taga. But it amazes me that Christian Benteke has made himself that he's basically like a second round pick. Like there's a everyone's like it. there's this big drop off in forwards, which there is, but it's there's it's almost like. Benteke is not the first guy after the drop off. Like he's still in this upper tier, and the reason why this is the case in Taga is because he won 315 aerial duels last year, 
and which was 102 more than the next highest guy. And you get, I believe it's one point. I think it's half a point. Is it half a point for forwards? One of them gets... Yeah, I think it's um, half a point. So you get half a point. Yeah, you're right, half a point. So, I mean, that's like 150 points, 150 plus, just from aerial duels. And, like, that stat alone makes Benteke so much more valuable than he really is. And so I love when people are taking Benteke because like there's no it seems like such a wasted early round pick for me I think he went at the one two turn in ours uh, uh, we talked about it at the ranking summit as well uh, it, 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 I was like how wait what why is Christian Benteke ranked fourth yeah like, it's literally <laughs> just this singular stat that he's so good at that is kind of just a normal stat it's like an equalizing stat for everyone else and yet for him it like grossly propels him ahead of everybody else yeah and that was in a Sam Allardyce system for the latter part of the year. And, you know, Frank DeBoer, all signs point to that not being the same style. Yeah, I just wonder just where... just get it wide and cross it in. Yeah, I wonder where he's going to... where he wins them, too. Like, is he even winning that many in the box? It could be the box. It could just be from goal, goal kicks, kicks yeah, and long... I mean, like... and, just, and just route one from the defense, yeah. which was not very good last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate getting a half point for that is not like a game changer in Taga, but for how many he wins, it's like, gosh, it's astonishing how valuable those are to him. If, if you, if you win 150 more, that's 75, that's 75 points. Right. So, right. Yeah. You know, that. And he's a higher that, scoring player than, or I guess he finished at the same number of points as Sergio Aguero. And like, who is ever putting Christian Benteke on the same level as Aguero? And he's ahead of Pogba. Pogba scored all those points last year without getting goals or assists. That's yeah. the way I'll put Pogba's performance last season. Yeah, I I, 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 I mentioned this many times during last season. I'm like, man, can you imagine how many points he'd score if he actually scored goals? <laughs> That's going <laughs> like, to be his thing for his whole career, though. Well, I mean, he scored goals at Juventus, and he and he got not, assists not, at Juventus. Not that many, though. No, like, not no, not in huge numbers. He's no. not going to be a ten ten guy. Doubtful. Right. So, but I mean that. Anyway, we we can we can get we can get into that further in a minute. But I mean, for me, you know, my strategy in Taga is always getting the people that are directly involved in the offense, mm-hmm. and I don't think it needs to be more complicated than that. And I think my team kind of shows that that's really what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, just people who are involved. If they get the assists and they get the goals. That's that's great. I really want those. Don't get me wrong. But what I really want is chances created and. Just, just, just overall threatening play. Successful take-ons would be nice too. Uh, but just being involved and being relied upon, like the offense goes through you. I don't care what team you're on. I just care if the offense goes through you because someone has to get the points on every team. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I was so high on Kevin De Bruyne. I think people are kind of overestimating how much time he's going to lose to guys like David Silva or Bernardo Silva, like he's still such an elite player uh and it also why i kind of felt like i went a little early on willian only because i you know he's going to start at the beginning of the season but it just like it pains me that pedro who it seems like you are quite high on i am that he is a better option than willian 
I think in the Premier League he is not in Champions League though. I think that's the way they're going to split it. it. I okay. think that I think that Pedro, this is the reason why I'm high on Pedro. He's more suited to the Premier League game, and Willian is more suited to the hmm. Champions League. Willian is so, suited for everything. I, I I agree with you personally, but that's I think that's the I think that's the way they're going to rotate it. You know, they, I, uh, especially because they have more tournaments. That you yeah. know, Willian will be more the tournament guy, and Pedro will be more the Premier League guy. Yeah. The uh the the biggest problem I had in the draft was I think it was at the three four turn because I was actually I was at two. So I I had lined up uh Chicharito, Manuel Lanzini. So you mean the two three turn or the four five turn? Because uh, you'd be turning uh from even to odd. I'm um I'm right. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh two three. <laughs> no, two three, right? Two three, yeah. You go. What did I say? Yeah, you you three uh, three four. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, So yeah, the two three turn, and I I had Lanzini, um, Lanzini Chicharito. You seem seem to be very high on Lanzini this year, but we'll 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 get into that in a second. Yeah, yeah. That it actually bothers me a little bit how high I am on him because like he's not good enough to be that good. Uh, But anyway, so I had Lanzini, Chicharito. Mosala and that might have been it who I who I wanted basically in the next few and uh Salah went one pick ahead of me um which infuriated me like it I I'm if there's one guy I'm really high on it's Mosala and so I basically wanted him and when he went one pick before me I not that I like panicked because I knew I had other guys but like I have him so much higher than Chicharito and Lanzini that I was like, I need him. And when I couldn't get Salah, I was like, this draft is gone. Like, because now I have Chicharito. And then I was like, gosh, am I really going to take Chicharito and Lanzini? Like, am I (laughs) I really going to like start depending on two West Ham guys? And then Lanzini went one pick after me. And I don't even remember who the other guy was. So now I'm left with Chicharito. I wanted Chicharito and Salah. I got just Chicharito, or I could have had Lanzini, but I lost him. And then I ended up with Jamie Vardy. So I went that turn, Chicharito and Vardy, and I almost just turned my phone off. I was like, I'm done with this draft. I can't do it anymore. I basically yeah. stayed just to make sure I didn't end up with guys I hate. But like it from going from, from going from Salah, who I think could be like one of the highest-scoring players in the game, to Chicharito and Vardy. And then having to wait 35 minutes for my next pick to just sit there and steam over it. Yeah, I just you were no steaming. Part. I was so angry about that. Just be, like I just I had no interest in Jamie Vardy, like none. But the forward group was so bad at that point. Um, I mean, Ben Teke was long gone. What was I going to do? So yeah, I mean, uh, I I, uh, I considered myself very lucky in the forward department because I didn't just load up on forwards in the beginning. I actually got a chance to kind of space them out, and I got pretty lucky because I had I got Sanchez four, uh, I got Pedro who I love. Yeah, um, I think I got him in the third round, and then I got Kalachi Ianacho, who at the time was just rumored to be going to Leicester, but strongly. Yeah, that and, Leicester deal was like ready to fall through during that draft, and you picked him, and all of a sudden they were like, "It's a done deal." I, what can I say? I got I got better sources when I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> blind faith is my main source. 
Uh, no, but I mean the the I and Agile thing worked out very nicely for yeah. me. So my I, I I am set up to have three forwards that will get the majority of starting time, at least in my opinion. If even if Pedro does get rotated for Willian occasionally, won't happen in the beginning of the season. Uh, but I still have two forwards that I'm pretty sure will start every week, at least yeah. possibly three. Yeah, and I'm I'm the opposite. I'm like, all right, I just need a few, and I'll probably just start one. I mean, odds are I'll start Vardy and Chicharito most weeks, but the two guys I have on the bench are Charlie Austin and Tammy Abraham. Yeah. And Austin, I mean, Austin's just a throwaway at this point, but ugh. Yeah, I, I have a very Mike Gottlieb-branded midfield, uh, mainly because there's two guys from Newcastle on it that I seem to get in every draft. Yeah. Uh, so I have, uh, I have David Silva who I got in the second round because I, I want a piece of that Manchester city midfield. I just do. Yeah, of course. Uh, it, it's it, that I, for, I mean, I personally think that city and United are going to be battling it for the top of the Premier league this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that offense, it almost, it's too big to fail at this point. This, the city offense, I agree. There's oh, totally so agree. many players and Silva, Silva, t- Last year, if there were secondary assists, David Silva would have been a monster. Hmm. Uh, he was always one pass away from the big points, but he was still always involved, and that's really what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so David Silva is my first midfielder. I'm just going to run, run him down. I have a ton of midfielders. I went with quantity, uh, and they make up almost all of my bench as well. Yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it, with how midfielders yeah, so are. Pretty why sure, not load up? I'm pretty sure I'm going to start five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, so I have David Silva. I got Jason Punchin in the fourth round, who I'm not as high on, but I know others were. God, people so are so high on Jason Punchin. Yeah, it's because of the new system. He's going to play farther forward. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Like I, I, at the fourth round, it's like, all right. I don't personally think it, but a lot of others do. And if I take if I take him in there, I, I don't mind that if I'm wrong in this case. Yeah. Uh, it, so anyway, and. and I had controversially. Oh well, not controversially. I always get Matt Ritchie. I picked him up in the fifth round. I, I told pick. them. At, I was... told them at the ranking. I told him at the ranking summit, like if he will not last past the fifth round in any draft that I'm in. Yeah, I took Willian with the expectation that Ritchie would fall back, and as soon as he didn't, I think I made a comment to you. You were like, "There's no way he's falling back," and as soon as you said that, I was like, "That was dumb. Of course he wasn't going to fall back." <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no chance. Uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Ritchie, who takes all the set pieces, well, not all, but a lot of the set pieces for Newcastle. And, you know, it, again, this is one of my branded players that the offense runs through him. And he also runs, it also runs through John Shelby when it's further back. Yeah, John Joe Shelby. And I have him too. Yeah. Uh, I have John, <laughs> I have John Joe Shelby. I actually really like the Newcastle midfield. I hate their forwards, but I love their midfield. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Ritchie, John Joe Shelby, controversially, apparently, I got Anthony Knockhart uh, <laughs> because Neil did not mean to draft uh, Paul Gross. And then I Possibly. drafted Knockhart right behind him like one second later. I'm like, I'm not getting screwed by this. Yeah, that was uh, like a that was like the third like time that we had to stop or we were supposed to stop and we didn't. We didn't realize until like three rounds later that he didn't want to take Gross. And so um, like Knockhart was in my queue mm-hmm. yeah. he was number one in my queue at the time again right. another player who the offense runs through my favorite was that i took stanislas after that and you told me that straight out of bitterness and um spite for the draft that if you lost knockout you were going to take stanislas for me <laughs> yep that's right yeah if, if, if they had ruled during the draft that i <clears throat> did not get knockout then i was gonna, just because it's you i was going to take right. you through stanislas for right. me just so just so we can have a as much anarchy as possible uh-huh, in the draft. Uh-huh. 
But thankfully, I'm, just an, like going I'm an anarchist who likes, yeah, I'm an anarchist who likes to watch the world burn. Uh, so I have three midfielders on my bench, making a total of eight drafted. So I have Chris Brunt, wow. uh, who just takes set pieces. Uh, Damari Gray, who I am high on personally. Uh, I do believe that Lester will play him this season and actually start him. That's part of the reason why he didn't transfer out. Uh, and then lastly, a guy who I have, I think, on every team is Aaron Moy of Huddersfield because mm. he lead, he led the team in goals and tackles last season, and he's literally worth more than the team in which he was bought from. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. I like it. Um, I only ended up with six midfielders, two of which who knows if they're even going to play. Um, Stanislas is hurt. I mentioned him. I have Bakayoko on my bench. Who knows when he'll break in. Um, and then, yeah, De Bruyne, Willian, Davy Claussen, and Matic. I took Matic. I love that. Love that Claussen pick. Yeah, Claussen, I think, was in the fourth, I want to say. Yeah, he was right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, somewhere around there. Um, I was high on him as well. I think Gilfie Sigurdsson hurts him a little bit whenever that happens, but I think he's still going to be a fine player. And then uh, I think Matic had actually moved to Man United that day, so I knew I was getting United Matic and not Chelsea Matic. Did you did you know that Nemanja Matic had more assists than any midfielder on United last season? Um, I think I would have come up with that, but I it's not like something I happen to have known off the off the cuff. Yeah, that means more assists than the likes of Pogba and Mkhitaryan, both of whom drafted far before Matic. Yeah, well, both neither of them were neither of those guys were all that good last year. Um, you waited until the goodness. I'm trying. Uh, twelfth round, for the last possible defender? rounds. Yep, I I, 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 did it in my head. I was like, okay, yeah, I want to get four defenders and a goalie. So that's five total rounds. So I think it was like 12, 13, 12, 13 14, 15, 16. Yep, uh, five. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> magic you, number was. Oh gosh, yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> Craig Dawson was the first one you ended up with. Yeah, Dawson, oh. Jan Mott, Ashley Williams, and oh, you took check in the fifteenth. So yeah, that you could take well, Zuma in the 16th. I knew no one was going to remember that Zuma had uh, been loaned out to Stoke. Um, I mean, even if we did, I'm not sure anybody's jumping high on Kurt Zuma. <laughs> Aerial duels, man. <laughs> I guess. I guess. He gets I, one um, point for each one. Yeah, I started my defender run one round earlier with Nathan Ake. Um, Better. <laughs> which I believe a lot of people... Not I believe. There were plenty of people who liked the pick at the time and it kind of just cemented for me the idea that you can wait on defenders like everyone's like oh that's great and I'm like if it's that great why did nobody take him before the 11th round and they're like well you know it's it's great for a defender I'm like there are plenty of defenders who went ahead of him and Kieran Trippier went in the fifth and he went in fact in the fifth it went Trippier Baines and Rose <laughs> I can't believe Baines was in that round this um, it boggles the mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not... I agree. I agree. But, oh, by the, by the way, there are free agent defenders that I would pick up if I had a spot. I just don't have one right now. But there are plenty of defenders available that are good. Do you know why? Because, because they're all no, the same. Yeah. I, I, when, I, for, I mean, I'll give you an example. When Callum Chambers, if he gets loaned to a Premier League team, I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All over it. Ryan Shawcross okay. and his 134 aerial duels is still there. Yeah. Uh, Jose Font is still available. Uh, yeah. If you believe Adam that Smith. West Ham's defense gets better, yeah, Adam Smith is... I mean, there are plenty, yeah. which is like 
of Alfie Eric Mawson. Pe- Eric Peters is the one that I really have my eye on. He's available. I mean, yeah. There's a there's a lot of good defenders still available. Yeah. Alan Neal. I drafted Mason Holgate, who I'm certainly going to drop, but for one of these guys. In fact, before yeah, the podcast, I was looking. No, Martinez is yeah. not even starting. They're I, the other day. Aaron Cresswell, by the way, uh, also available. Yeah, yeah. But basically, the four I'm going to start the season with, if I end up picking up, if I don't pick up another one, is going to be Ake, Danilo, who obviously is going to be, you know, I'll need to watch lineups every time because he's not a guaranteed starter. Uh, Jose Olabas and Harry Maguire. But then, like, I got Ederson with the second to last pick. And, like, you would think Man City would get some clean sheets this year. And he's certainly better than Claudio Bravo. They, when Vincent, when, uh, when Vassal Company played, they were much better defensively. Yep. Uh, they're, they're, towards the end of last season, they were picking up clean sheets. Yep. He so, was an 11th rounder, which is astonishing <laughs> to me. Yeah. Big name. Joel Maddock, by the way, is available. Uh, yeah, see? Yeah, I mean... There's there's plenty of there's plenty of players to be had now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so and again, that just goes to our strategy in Taga that especially in draft format, you really can wait. I, yeah. I waited as long as I possibly could. I took a because Czech was available, and I think that Arsenal is going to be one of the better teams defensively this season. Um, you know, I thought the value was there because De Gea was gone. I really wanted De Gea, but um, but. You know, for me, Peter Check being available is like, yeah, please, thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I, I mean, the player that I really wanted is Carl Darlow, but I, I, I can't depend on him even being on Newcastle. So yeah, I don't think he's he's. I don't think he's winning that he's job. Got, yeah, exactly. But I think they they may even loan him out, and and Newcastle been talking about picking up a goaltender too. So it's. Uh, it, it's infuriating, to be honest. It's absolutely infuriating. Uh, and then also, I'm going to be looking at the, for everyone who's in a draft league in a season long league. Pay attention to the August transfers, like the end of the uh, end of the month transfers, because one that I have my eye on is Ben Gibson. I remember him from Middlesbrough last season. Mm-hmm. He was tremendous. Uh, rumor has it that he is, you know, he is going to go to Southampton because Southampton are going to have to sell Virgil Van Dyke. And I really like both of those players, to be honest. Mm. But uh, Ben Gibson on Southampton is a home run. Yeah. That, and and he will then be a waiver in Taga, or if you're drafting, probably a later pick in the draft. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. But just you know, keep your keep your eyes out on on putting the pieces together for defenders because. We, by by the end of the last season, I mean, I'm, last season because so many people got hurt. By the end of the season, I had like Danny Rose, Leighton Baines, and Seamus Coleman in my defense in one league, and I was just like, "Yeah, that that's just how the defender position works throughout a, a Premier League season." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been uh, surprisingly few transfers from the um, relegated teams, and it's not like I mean, if they were that good. They would have stayed up, but there were some yeah. decent players, Ben Gibson being one of them. Camille Grosicki. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, the, the key is, I mean, there's the windfall payment that all those teams receive from the Premier League if they get relegated. Still, I mean, the the players themselves, I think, you know, they obviously won. I saw Elma Hamity transferred to Aston Villa. Sure. Maybe. Sure. Uh, Not the Premier League. Correct. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Right. If there was one team that certainly wasn't going to get players, 
it was them. But um, I don't know. The uh, just a surprising few have come. Although I feel like we have seen that in the past, and then they come up in January. Yeah, and Matt Phillips and Charlie Austin were both January guys. If I remember. Well, correctly. one well one relegated player definitely got sold. And that was Andrew Robertson. Yep. Yep. To Liverpool, and yep. I I love that move. Uh, I, I absolutely love that move, and I think it's. Uh, I believe the phrase you used was he's a top ten defender now. If he starts he every the week, job, yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems he's to win me the job first, but yeah, yeah. It seems to me that uh, James Milner is going to be a shell of himself in terms of fantasy value. He has actually played more midfield than left back during the preseason. Amazingly, Alberto Moreno has played well enough that he might actually start on Saturday. But um, Milner, when he's playing in the midfield, at least, you know, in like DraftKings format, or really basically any format, like he's not creating as many chances, he's not sending in as many crosses. And the other day, Roberto Firmino took a penalty. And if Milner loses that, like I see no upside with James Milner. Regardless of, I mean, it's even worse if he's playing as a defender, but classified as a whole, or I'm sorry, if he's classified as a defender and he's playing as like a holding midfielder. But frankly, like, do you think Klopp really wants to play James Milner in the midfield instead of like a healthy Jordan Henderson? He would much rather prefer healthy Jordan Henderson. Right. But then, right. there is a chance that James Milner does not play this season. Um, I mean. Does not get a consistent spot. Yeah. yeah. Or he plays Champions yeah. League. I mean, they thought that last year too, but then he wound up being left back. Well, he <laughs> we was left back because they only had Alberto Moreno, yeah. who was horrific. Yeah. <sighs> All right, let's uh, let's pause here for just a, a quick update on uh, starting eleven, and then we'll head over to uh, to the EF set auction draft because there's I, I got a lot to say about the auction draft. <laughs> yeah. So, like we said, starting eleven is. Uh, um, Sponsoring our podcast this year, they're the world's first live daily fantasy sports app. You build an 11-player roster during the week, um, but with Starting 11, your experience does not end with the real-life matches begin. Instead, Starting 11 lets you make up to three substitutions to your fantasy team during live play. So if you have a player who's having an off day and you want to get them off, or somebody who's playing really well that you don't have and you think they have a little more, you can literally just make a substitution and get them back into your team. Uh, starting available, excuse me, starting 11 is available right now with contests for the Premier League. It's a perfect daily companion to your season long FPL squad. Whether you're at the top or the bottom of your mini league, you can download it right now on your Apple or Android device. Just search Starting 11 Fantasy. Become a manager, take control of your lineup, and win the day with Starting 11. I believe Mike and I are going to play each other every week on Starting 11 instead of our DraftKings head to head. And I'll, and I'll just make sure that my three subs are the same as his three subs. <laughs> the, it was kind of interesting because thinking of the subs, like usually like the, the first thought is like, oh, and if one of my players gets hurt, I can just sub him out, which that's one of like the most infuriating things with any fantasy site is that, you know, if your guy gets hurt and you're basically done for the day and here you at least get to hedge a little bit and make up for it. But the other thing I was thinking, like, what if your team some bonehead on your team gets a red card and now you're like you have the f- starting forward for a 10-man team like you can get yeah. him out find a guy who's playing with 11 yeah the jose holovas effect <laughs> right it's all a troy dini hedge that's all it is uh, but yeah we're looking forward to it. it's a very cool app and uh it's very easy to use so we're uh we're pretty excited about that as yeah. a technology guy i can attest for the fact that the app runs smoothly mm. well, that is my for 
Yeah, I mean, that is my jam. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely go out, uh, download Starting Eleven on your iOS or Android devices. All right, Andrew, auction time. Uh, I had a very simple strategy in that I really didn't want to be there very long because I was on vacation. And I wanted to enjoy the perfect weather. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to try to spend almost all of my money until I, I, I like in the first four or five picks. Mm-hmm. And then just let the computer draft the one dollar guys for me. Yeah, <laughs> that was my strategy going in. It didn't work. It, yeah, I don't think that's a terrible strategy. I had not. I was also on vacation. Uh, it, thankfully, I was on the West Coast, so it was only nine o'clock in the morning. We hadn't really like gotten our day going, but I had a feeling that there was going to be a point where I was going to do this auction on my phone. Thankfully, it didn't happen. But I. So it's a keeper league. We get we can keep up to four guys. You don't have to keep four. You can keep however many you want up to four. The salaries from last year carry over, and that gets taken away from your auction budget. For those of you who remember us speaking about this league, uh, last year I spent $125 on Paul Pogba once he transferred to Manchester United. I did that because the next highest um, fab budget for any team I think was 120 maybe it was 124 right? So I went 125 just to make sure I got him. It had been a running joke all season that I had Pogba at 125, and I decided to keep him at 125. And everyone, the, the immediate response was, obviously you could have kept him, you could have let him go and gotten him for less. And in, no way. instead, what happened? I, I think that is what everybody believed, which was reasonable. Um, and I was talking to Chris Mozinski, who runs this league for us, and my response was kind of like, I. This is now the identity of my team of having a hundred and twenty five dollar Paul Pogba. What is the cap? Two fifty? Was it it wasn't even that much or no, whatever it's it was. More, it's three hundred. Three hundred? All right. Or something it's something like that. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Right. So anyway, well, I just wanted to put some context into how big this bid was. So uh, I decided to keep him. I uh, started basically convincing myself it wasn't as bad because I have Gabriel Jesus for a dollar. So I was like, well, it's really both of them for one twenty six. And then I kept Kieran Trippier and Antonio Valencia for a dollar, which looked good at the time, at least for Trippier. Uh, so anyway, so we go into this draft, and my thought, well, I have less money than everybody else because I started because I paid one twenty five for Pogba, but my team last year by the end of the season was essentially just Pogba and a bunch of one dollar players, and that's probably the reason why I'm now in the second division. You and I are both in this, um, but. There's, I mean, you can get $1 players. I had Theo Walcott for a dollar, James Ward-Prowse. I mean, these are usable guys in a format like this where we have a ton of scoring categories. And so my idea in this auction was to get another $100 player. Like, I was willing to overpay for a guy that I really wanted because I knew that I could just fill the rest with, with $1 players. And I believe the first one, or so Eden Hazard was not kept. I forget what he Correct. his salary was last year. I'm assuming it was in the sixty or seventy dollar range. Yeah, it, it was in that range. Right, and Ed Hazard went for a hundred and two. And as soon as he crossed a hundred, like the rules for the auction like went out the window. And yeah. all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait a minute! I guess we can have hundred dollar players." Yeah, and... I, was, I was about to say I I know that I know that he went for a hundred and two because I was the one who bid for a hundred and one. One hundred and one, right? Uh, and like, if you had gotten him for a hundred and one, like, like you weren't just bidding it up, like you would have 
happily taken him at 101. Happily. Right. And so we had a few other guys go. Fabregas went at 61. Lanzini, 58. And then the big one comes, Alvaro Morata. <laughs> that was me. Right. Well, it's not you. It was like everybody. Like everybody is bidding him up. This isn't like two guys that are going like 75, 76, 77. Like there were like multiple bids going all the way up. Finally, I think there was a jump from like 75 to 100. That didn't stop it. And you finally got him. I think I bid 125. And you bid, and 100, bid you bid 126, which was the new record. I believe I bid 125 just to make sure that Murata was going to be more than Pogba. But then he <laughs> went to 126. So now, like, yeah. Murata is the and most the, expensive player in this league. Let, and let me explain why I bid this so highly. He's a forward. There aren't that many good ones. Right. Uh, so I, I'll give it to I'll preface that, though. We, we have a one forward and one, like, utility spot. So, theoretically, you could only play one forward. Then again, right. if he gets hurt, you're playing, no, like, nobody. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had that situation almost all of last season. It right. was bad. Uh, basically, so I have – so I, I, I mean, I, that was the sixth pick of the auction. So I had Murata at 126, and I was the second high bidder on a lot of names after him too, because I wanted a second one just like you. Right. But I, I had, but I had KDB kept at thirty-five. Yeah. So I now have Morata and De Bruyne, and I'm like trying to chase a third, like big, big, big star, and it just it didn't happen for me. Like I was always second best, and it it, it bothered it bothered me. So just to give you a perspective on what forwards were going for, Manolo Gabbiadini, I had at thirty-one dollars last year. Knowing what I know now, I probably should have kept him because he went for 60. 60, yep. Chicharito, 75. Uh-huh. Lacazette, Lacazette went for 113. Yeah, that one that one bothered me because that was above my max bid, and I would have easily gone to 125 again. Well, for some reason, so Mo Salah, who I believe <sighs> is a forward in this. Let me double. He is a forward. Went for yeah. 116. And basically, Second highest. Hesh and I... We're going back and forth, and for some reason, I decided 116. I had no players at this point other than the four I kept. For some reason, I decided 117 was, like, out of my budget, and so he got him for 116, and, like, looking back, I should have easily gone higher than that. And yeah. once that happened... Considering that you're so high on him. he was the he, And he was basically the last guy I considered, like, a true impact player. And once that happened my auction fell apart. Um, this, is, this is a trend here that I lose out on on Mo Salah. And then, so I ended up paying 46 for Davy Clausen, which I thought was like decent at the time. I paid- I was 45. Yeah, I paid 16 for Musa Dembele, which was later in the draft and in my opinion, dumb. And then it was like Tom Davies at three, Olabas for two, Vicente Ibora for two, and everybody else at $1. And I just, I hated, uh, uh, I'm so angry that I didn't go higher on Mosala. Oh, like I, I have money left. Like, so that's the other yeah. thing is that we need, you get money, whatever you don't use at the auction, you get to keep in case guys transfer in. Like I didn't spend much money in the auction last year, which is why I had the money to get Pogba. But like, there's no player like that coming in. We we all knew that Pogba could be coming. It, it seemed like it was going to happen. There's no Pogba this year. So I spent. So Gareth Bale is the Pogba this season. Yeah, but uh, anyway, he's not coming. It's not happening. Uh, um, 
I spent more money on one player than many teams did total. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> like like you spent 72, so I spent 126 on Murata. Uh Tim Kingston spent 96 total on everybody that he purchased. Uh, a lot of people deferred their money. It was surprising. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I I like my core of so I for some reason no one likes Pedro because I got Pedro for 35 and he's a forward in this league as well. So I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why is no one bid? I'm like, I'll, I'll take him at 35. I don't know why no one else is bidding him. For example, Daniel Sturridge went 39. Yeah. And Pedro yeah, went 35. Crazy. Makes that's crazy. no sense. It's like, I, I don't understand what some people were doing. I, I mean, Nemanja Modic went for 50. Like, yeah. this, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Marco Arnautovic, I, who is he a forward? Yeah, Marco Arnautovic went for 39. That one I understand more, at least. More than Pedro, really? It shouldn't be. He shouldn't be more than Pedro, but it's close enough. All right. Yeah, I, I was I was the thirty six dollar bid on Sandra Ramirez, who went for thirty seven. Uh, I'm a little upset that I didn't go thirty eight or anything like that. But but it doesn't having three forwards in this league is actually pretty useless if you spend a lot of money on them uh, because you can only play two. Yeah, you can only play two. Right. I don't know. So the, once like the Arnautovic thing, I, I don't get it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that I know exactly why everyone's bidding the way they did because I was able to get Danny Rose for 21 as a defender even though we, again it makes no sense Rudiger for example won for 20 uh, just I, I don't understand how the bidding works I, I think a lot of people just like either left gave up or just like ah whatever yeah it's <laughs> um I, I don't. The the difficulty I have with auctions is that people try to use auctions as like a barometer of players. And the thing with auctions is you really only need one guy or two guys to really like a player. And all of a sudden the price goes up. Like, I believe Hesh and I were the only ones bidding Mosala up to 116. And all of a sudden we're yep. like, well, this is what Mosala is worth. And it's like, if two out of 20 people think that he's worth that, is that really like a value that like you can use in another auction like well here you go like i find auction like auction mock drafts basically or adps whatever the equivalent auction is for or auction term for adp is like it just doesn't seem to apply and this league shows that like yeah i don't know there's just the boomer bus makes too much sense because they're just too many players who come out of nowhere or seemingly nowhere and provide way more value than I also noticed. I also noticed that I think. I, I mean, I struggled with this before it started, but keeping the Everton goalkeeper at one dollar was a steal. Like that was definitely the right decision because goalkeepers went for a ridiculous amount of money. Well, I mean, stress. some some did, but um, so for more um, background, this is a twenty-team league, and we use team goalkeepers, and nobody gets so there's no like bench goalkeeper, so everybody gets a goalkeeper. Who would you consider the worst goalkeeping team? Huddersfield. So Huddersfield, like I I did not bid on a goalkeeper. Like I got Brighton because they were the last ones left. Literally, like I went to go to the auction, uh, to the, like the uh, nominate tool, and I like sorted by goalkeepers, and there was one left when I was ready to do it. <laughs> and like, not that I'm saying like Brighton is a 
great defensive team, but like it, I don't even know why anybody would nominate anybody. Huddersfield also went for a dollar. I had West Ham at two dollars last year, and I wasn't willing to pay that. Um, Fabianski went for three, and I think that's a steal. Like I, I probably maybe would have even paid four for Fabianski. I'm just I'm high on him, but up one extra dollar. Right. Uh, but like Jorelio no, Gomez but... went for a dollar. Like that's that's solid. That one, yeah, I agree. that one was good. I like that one. Yeah. I, I considered keeping West Ham at two just because it was like West Ham, but like I, I'm not sure there's any serviceable difference between West Ham and Brighton this year. So I'm fine with, with letting that go. Ever yeah. Pickford I would have you have, you have, have kept. More, um, you have more umlauts per capita than anybody else. <laughs> and that guy's not even starting. <laughs> umlauts per capita, I like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's just oxen, dra- oxen drafts when there's twenty teams. It's just exhausting. Yeah, but it also. I mean, so the way this league works is we we used to do it was a twenty team league, and last year, uh, or th- I'm sorry, this year we have split it into two ten team leagues because, and then from now on it's going to be a promotion and relegation situation, and but we use one player pool, which I think is brilliant. Um, I mean, that's how it works. There's, there's no, you know, it, it would, it would all fall apart if we had similar players, but because of that, it, it's extremely ugly on the waiver wire. <laughs> yeah. Unless you love Jake Livermore, <laughs> in which case yeah. he's available. Which again is the reason why I spent all my money. Right. I had $3 left over. Wow. So I only have like $25 left to spend on right. waivers. So that's the, I can't even pick up a $1 player every week. Yep. Which hopefully you don't have to. Yeah. But I mean, defenders, I don't have very good defenders. One of them is hurt. <laughs> you know, known quantity being hurt in Danny Rose. Right. So I'm going to have to at least do that, you know, to kind of make my way through that. But it's, it's going to be a tough season for me, you know, transactionally, but but you know, it's. It, I, mean, I mean, I picked up. Like, it's like Alan Neom, I think, is who I have. But I was able to get Andrew Robertson, and I was able to get Danny Rose. I'm like, that, that's good enough. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll. And I have Martin Olson. So it's like, yeah, I'll be. I'll be good enough. Makes sense. But again, you know, my my, my strength came from is again the is again from the midfield for me because I I kept Mikel Antonio, Matt Phillips, and Kevin De Bruyne coming in. And I was able to pick up Demarai Gray, Aaron, and Aaron Moy in the draft. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm deep. I'm deep enough where I don't think I'll need to make many transactions. Yeah, that's the goal. All right, Andrew. Uh, on that note, we do have to end this episode of the Florida Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We will get more into the upcoming game week number one later on this week. Uh, but we did want to do some draft strategy, some draft review, because it is draft season now. Uh, I have one more draft remaining on t- on Thursday. Andrew, I think you have a couple more today or tomorrow. Yeah, I have two tomorrow, uh, one on Taga and one on Roto Premier League. And I believe we are going to have the Roto Wire Taga League done draft after the transfer window closes. Yes, um, which... I like yeah, I uh, as soon as we made that decision, I was very nervous about it because I'm like, oh, we're going to miss the first few weeks. And as soon as I came to grips with it, I was like, this is probably so much better just because, uh, you know, the the draft order is random and it just doesn't make sense to make, you know, the Gareth Bale waiver random. And so now sure. we get to decide. 
All right. Yes. And we will uh, later on in the season. We'll get to all those later on this season. We're very excited to be back up and running. Uh, and again, uh, thank you to our friends at Starting Eleven for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. So we will talk to you all again a little bit later on this week on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast brought to you by Starting Eleven. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.